0: Son and of the Holy Ghost on them, and from that hour understood is from that hour forward the disciple Saint John took Mary in Sua into all that was his own. There is no English translation that. Adequately renders the sense of that in sua. He took her into all that was his own, into his intimate space, into every part of his life. Down through the ages, the saints have discovered what Saint Louis de Montfort, whose feast occurs at the end of this month, called the secret of Mary. The secret of Mary was given by Jesus to the beloved disciple from the cross when he said, Ecce mater tua, behold thy mother. The Greek actually says, behold the mother that is of thee, the mother that is thine own. That's very strong. The mother that is thine own, and this is what later centuries came to discover as the secret of Mary. And so important is this living with Mary by day and by night that it becomes the the, the very condition of the Christian life. You all know the poem by Gerard Manley Hopkins, The Blessed Virgin Mary compared to the air we breathe. And he says that Mary is like the air. And that no sooner can, no more, can any living thing exist without air than can a child of God, a Christian, exist without Mary as the the ambience, the environment, uh, the climate, if you will, in which the Christian life takes seed, takes root, begins to sprout flowers and bears fruit. A life without Mary will be a sterile life. A life with Mary We are forever praising the blessed fruit of her womb, Jesus. Life with Mary is a fruitful life. The secret of Mary contains within itself the grace of supernatural fecundity, fruitfulness. Where Mary is not, all is sterility, dryness, want of life. Where Mary is not, everything is in a dying condition. Where Mary is, everything grows. Supernatural life develops. That is to say, as certainly Dom Elijah is learning at school, the the life of grace, the life of the three theological virtues, the life of the seven gifts of the Holy Ghost, the manifestation of the twelve fruits. All of these things flourish where Mary is present, and not only present, but taken into all that is one's own. Some people have a problem that getting close to Mary. And it seems to me that very often this problem, the root of trying to live one's life in little watertight compartments, saying, well, yes, Mary has her place in this compartment of my life, but the door to this other compartment is closed and locked. I don't think she would want to go into that compartment because it's, it's not tidy, and there are things in that compartment of which I would be rather ashamed. So it's like the teenage boy... Who doesn't want to let his mother into his room because he doesn't want her to see the chaos, the want of tidiness, and the evidence that he's, he's lost the plot. So he, he says to mom, better stay, you know, don't come into the room. Uh, and sometimes we act that way with our Blessed Lady. We will let her into the tidy bits, uh, parts of our life, but we want to exclude her from the messy corners. And the message of today's gospel, that, that wonderful final line, et ex ilahora accepite and discipulus in sua, and from that hour on the disciple took her into all that was his own in sua. Uh, that is in fact uh, what the church invites us to do all through Paschal time. I find it remarkable that of all the Gospels the Church could give us for the Mass of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Paschal Tide, we're given this Gospel from the 19th chapter of St. John, from the very Gospel we read on Good Friday. We're given that Gospel in repetition, over and over, throughout Paschal Tide, for the Saturday Masses of the Blessed Virgin. This is because the Church wants to repeat and Allow us to hear over and over again the words of Jesus from the cross addressed to the beloved disciple Behold thy mother, words to Mary, behold thy son, because Paschal Tide rememorates Our Lady beginning to live with John. The Gospel says, From that hour, that means from Good Friday on, through Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, it means that during the um, 40 days before the Ascension, John was living with the Mother of God. It means that after the 40 days leading up to the Ascension, they were together in the cenacle. It means that after the descent of the Holy Ghost in a mighty wind and in tongues of fire on Pentecost the Mother of God and St. John continued to make their life together. And the Church, by giving us this Gospel all through Paschal type, would have us understand that this is the way to go forward. This is the way to go forward by living with Mary, by inviting Mary into every part of one's life. Now, uh, I make the association, of course, with the Holy Rule. In our Constitutions, the uh, chapter that treats of the abbot of the monastery also treats of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is the heavenly abbess, the mother of the monastery. And St. Benedict says in the Holy Rule that the abbot is from time to time to make an inspection even of the beds of his monks to go and look under the mattress and under the pillow and pull out the sheets and make an inspection of the beds of his monks. This causes us to smile. We find that rather amusing. But if the abbot is directed to do that in the holy rule and we venerate the Blessed Virgin Mary as our abbess, it means that she can come right into our personal space. And do all that she judges necessary for our holiness. So different saints have expressed this differently, but the Benedictine way. uh, Saint Maximilian Kolbe had his act of consecration to the Immaculate. Uh, Saint Louis Guignon de Montfort, the Holy Slavery. Uh, We could go all through the annals of holiness down through the ages, Uh, we have someone like St. Ildefonsus of Toledo who wrote what is perhaps one of the most beautiful acts of consecration to the Mother of God or even Germanus of Constantinople for that matter. You see, so all through the history of the Church we see evidence of this movement to make oneself over to Mary and to invite Mary into all of one's life. In, In modern times it's called total consecration to Mary. That would have been the the great impetus uh, behind the apostolic works of someone like Frank Duff, this total consecration to Mary. But our particularly Benedictine way of living this is to honor Mary as the mother of the monastery and of each monk. And as abbess of the monastery and of each monk, she has the right to come into our personal space. She has the right to look at what we are doing at every moment. She has the obligation, insofar as she accepts our election of her as mother of the monastery, she has the obligation to look after each one. And I assure you that she does. Not for nothing do we have the image of the Blessed Virgin everywhere in this monastery. She's here in the choir, She's depicted on the tabernacle door. She's depicted as the mother of perpetual sucker on the outside chapel. She is depicted as the mother of the church in the painting in the hall. Uh, wherever she, The Immaculate Heart of Mary is depicted in the scriptorium. Uh, she's depicted as the heavenly abbess in the refectory and in the chapter room. Wherever you turn in the monastery, Mary is depicted. This is because Mary is everywhere present. And so I would invite you to, to read over the poem of Gerard Manley Hopkins, uh, The Blessed Virgin Mary Compared to the Air We Breathe, because it very aptly describes the, the essence of Benedictine total consecration to the Immaculate Mother of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son.